Thank you for your presence today. Soul searching can be an unenviable task, particularly if we are unwilling to stand before God and see ourselves as He sees us. Are we truly living for Christ? Are we bearing witness of true salvation? Or are we just going through the motions without fruit that bears true conversion? Are we dealing with our spiritual deficiencies? Are we confessing and repenting of our sins and depending on God to strengthen us? Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts wisdom to us today. We put put the money in the marriage. Some of y'all put $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 in big old high statute cakes, long dresses, Entourage, wrap long limousine that you know the, the mile long, and then stay married three months. <laughs> Listen, you have to live after that ceremony. I'm helping somebody in here, and then and yet some of y'all. Uh, y'all afraid to bring your, your girlfriend or boyfriend, somebody you're dating, you get serious about, you, you're afraid to bring them to church. Or you're ashamed to bring them to church. You come around, and all of a sudden, your, name, your last name is changed, ladies. We don't know nothing. Bring the person that you're thinking about hooking up with for the balance of your days. Bring them to church. Let us look at them, scrutinize them, and smell them. <laughs> That's right. Pastor, here he is. Yeah, bring him to Sunday school. If he won't go to Sunday school with you now, he's not coming to Bible study now. He won't even go to a picnic, no gala. Listen, you can't say that, rascal. That's right. If it's not in him before, who told you you're going to be the Holy Spirit to save him? That's the work of the Holy Ghost. He may be a pagan, the balance of his days. A whole lot of y'all wish y'all had brought the man or woman y'all were thinking about to the Lord's house to be checked out. You wouldn't be in the mess you were in or are in. Now, none of this is written in the paper, but God is just. <laughs> oh, God, help me preach this message. So, so all I'm saying is that God may choose to use godly, spiritually mature saints to identify gifts you may not have discovered or realized that you possess. Next, how do you know and discern the will of God? Meditating on God's words will increase your spiritual discernment. Meditating on God's word will increase your spiritual discernment, provide stability. That's right. It will increase your spiritual discernment, your, your ability to, that is the ability to discriminate right from wrong, truth from error, and all these things. Provide stability, because if you're unstable, you cannot know the word of God if you're in confusion and unstable. You know what, when you increase your time meditating on God's word, it removes doubt. Well, you, you'll stop doubting God and his word when you meditate in his word. You, it, meditating on the word of God increase your faith. And here's what it does. If you want to be in the will of God, not only will meditating on the word of God increase your faith, meditating on the inspired, infallible, sufficient word of God will also give you the mind of Christ in all life decisions. It will give you the mind of Christ. Stay in this book 
as much as you can. Because this book will give you the mind of Christ to tell you what you ought to do, when you ought to do, how you ought to do it. And he will begin to speak God ideas into your life as you are meditating on the authoritative word of God. Okay, Psalms 119, 97 through 100 says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your Precepts. See, the word of God will help you to discover the will of God to the glory of God. How do you know? How can you know one's will, God's will for your life? When we are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, when we're under the Holy Spirit's influence, he will sift our lives of worldly, worldly residue. The Holy Spirit, when we are under his influence, he's the third person in the Godhead and is as much God as God the Father and God the Son. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a he. He's a person, the third person. And and we are saved and regenerated by the Spirit of Almighty God. And when we allow him to control our lives, The Holy Spirit himself will sift our lives of worldly residue, which impedes our ability to know his will and will guide our lives into his perfect will. As you walk in the spirit of God, allowing him to set the agenda for your life, he will carry you along in such a way that he will put you right into God's perfect will. Here's another thing we need to consider about the will of God. I'm trying to help you know and discern the will of God. Is this helping you? Listen, my friend, God may use circumstances beyond your control to guide you into his will. Sometimes he does that. I got stories about that. Oh, do I have stories about that? But I won't share that. Let me give you a biblical account this time. I'm going to give you personal stories, uh, testimonials, but let me give you a biblical one. God may use circumstances beyond your control. To guide you into his will. If you look at Acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 6. Oh there are so many biblical um, illustrations that I can't go through them all now. But I will do this particular one. Uh, Acts 9 1 through 6. Then Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus. So that he. So if he found any who were of the way, that's the believers, whether men or women, in other words, uh, they, you know, it was equal rights there, equal, you know, equality. <laughs> he didn't care if you were a believer, a man or woman, you were going to suffer. He might bring them bound, chained to Jerusalem. So he had one thing in mind, but God had something else in mind. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly... A light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The believers who are children of God, 
God takes such ownership of his children. He said, what you're doing to the children, you're doing to me. So he didn't say the children of God. He said, why are you persecuting me? (laughs) I am Jesus. In other words, when God wants to get hold to you, he don't leave you wondering as to who's doing the chastening. He said, I am Jesus. In other words, you ever said to your child, I'm your mama. I bought you in this world and I'll take you out. Don't you mess with me right now. I'm not. Don't you, you. You know what I do to you. You know. Now you get you get sent to CPS. I always tell people, you know, if you got a spank, I believe in spanking. By the way, don't you let these folk educate spanking out of you. When they get too too big for spanking, I, uh, take the car keys. That's right. Take take the phone. That'll make them. That'll make them behave. Take the phone. That's right. Take the gadgets. That's right. That's right. Put them, put them on, put them under lock and key. <laughs> but, but let me go on now. So persecute me. And he said, who, 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 who you, Lord? Who you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. <laughs> Surprise. Whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord. What do you want me to do? Wow. Hey, that's how you know the will of God. That's how you know the will of God. Underline that. Underline it. Lord, what do you want me to do? What a question. Because God knows what he wants you to do. And during these 40 days of fasting and prayer, why don't you put at the top of your prayer list, Asking God a question, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. God didn't leave him wavering or wondering. Uh, Saul had one intent in mind. God overruled a range of circumstances. He was going to persecute the church, to bound them and to, 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 to chain them. And God lassoed him, uh, knocked him off the beast, blinded him, saved him, and made a missionary out of him. Divine intervention. God, God changed his circumstances. God orchestrated rather his circumstances beyond, uh, which were beyond his control, uh, uh, right into uh, the will of Almighty God. And I'm saying to you today, God may use, uh, God may use circumstances beyond your control to guide you into His perfect will. Sometimes God relocates you. Sometimes God. Uh, does things with your job and, and sometimes with, sometimes even with your health, sometimes with your children, all kinds of, kinds of things. And he orchestrate. And when all is said and done, you say, hindsight, you say, look what God has done. Because I wouldn't be where I am now if God had not ordered this set of circumstances for this season in my life. You see, my friends, here's, here's another uh, insight we need to discover about the will of God. When we are in God's will, our lives will be fully pleasing to Jesus. Rich, productive, and fruitful to the glory of God. When we are in God's will, our lives will be fully pleasing to to him. Rich, productive, fruitful to the glory of God. 
Let me tell you, a rich life, a fruitful life, a productive life is one that is in the center of the will of God. Colossians 1.10b says, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So that was just the second question with all those components to it. Did that help you as it relates to the will of God? Hopefully that gave you some spiritual guidance uh, that you can use during these 40 days of fasting and prayer. Uh, Another question we pose is there a decrease of pride or an increase of humility in you? Is there a what? Decrease of pride or an increase of humility in you? The Gospel of John chapter 3 verse 30 says, He must increase, but I must decrease. In other words, after one is born again, the first thing a believer must do to live a life pleasing to God After one is born again, the first thing a believer must do to live a life pleasing to God with the Holy Spirit's enablement, his help, is to dethrone self and enthrone God. Once you get saved, the first agenda on God's list for you is for you to dethrone, and he will help you do that yourself, and to enthrone God, to make God Lord of your life. You cannot be used by God if you're too full of yourself. You cannot be used by God if you're too full of yourself. Matthew 16, 24 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, underline that, let him deny himself. Because we, God knows that we are self-pleasing people. Then take up the cross and follow me. So, How's your pride? Is it decreasing or increasing? You can't tell me what to do. I do what I want to do, go where I want to go. Uh, you know, are you, prom- you self-promoters? You promote yourself. Yeah, uh, you, uh, you, you can arrogantly uh, not give to God financially because of your selfishness. And on and on it goes. You, you, you don't want to uh, be reconciled to your brother and sister because of pride. Pride. You don't want to let go of that building that's after 40 years. You don't want to let it go because it gives you, because that, that has become your security blanket to your own detriment. And on and on it goes. Pride is a horrible thing and it comes before destruction. That's why you need to deal with it and it needs to be slayed. Number four, are you winning the battle over your struggles, strongholds of the flesh and sinful desires or have you given up and yield it to your fleshly appetites? This is another big question. Are you winning the battle over your what? Struggles, strongholds of the flesh, and sinful desires? Or have you given up, or have you given up and yielded to your fleshly appetites? Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25. Are you winning the battle? Over your struggles, strongholds of the flesh and sinful desires, or have you given up and yielded to your fleshly appetites? Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25. I'm going to read this whole passage because it really, uh, it really speaks to where we are uh, in, this, in this spiritual uh, battle beca- uh, uh, with the flesh and the spirit. It says, I, I'm re- this, this particular passage I'm reading is from the New Living Translation. I just like the way it reads as, in regards to this. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Is that you? (laughs) 
I really want to do what's right, what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Mm-hmm. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. Verse 17. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me uh, that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Is that is that you? It's me. Huh? But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Verse 21. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Verse 22, I love God's law with all my heart. How many of y'all love the word of God? With all, you, you love God's word. You know, but, but that struggle is still there. Verse 23, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Verse 24, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Then he gets happy. Verse 25. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. This is a passage you need to keep in front of your uh, 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 in front of your life at the forefront of your life and not let it go because all of us in here have this struggle. All of us in here no matter how how important or unimportant you think you are. A sure sign of genuine salvation is that one will have an inward struggle with his unredeemed flesh and the Holy Spirit. A good indication that a person is not saved is when there is no inward struggle between one sinful unredeemed flesh and the Holy Spirit. My friend, victory over our sinful fleshly desires is not achieved through one's own strength, but only through the power of the Holy Spirit. We gain victory over our fleshly humanity and fleshly appetites. We gain victory through prayer and meditating on the word of God. As a matter of fact, Zechariah chapter four, verse six B says, not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. Are we are we liberated and are, or do we experience or do we experience victory uh, from from the slavery and mastery of sin is through our Lord Jesus Christ and his spirit. Ephesians 16 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. In other words, if you want to experience a breakthrough during the season of fasting and prayer, you've got to get serious about praying, first of all. That means that whole lot of things you got to weed out of your life. You got to you got to cut the television off or, 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 or limit it. I mean, down to the bare minimum. I mean, like two percent, three percent. You say what? That's almost everything. I mean, that's how you, you some of you can't grow because it's too much television and Internet in your life. Too much Facebook. You want to know so many folk and don't know God. <laughs> yeah. You got to be strong in the Lord, not in social media, not in your techie savviness. No, 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 no power in that. 
It does not matter how long we've been saved. Doesn't matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. It doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are. We will struggle with our old, Adamic, sinful, depraved, corrupt nature until the day of our death. Now, before you came to Christ, you only had the old nature, that, that old nature, that old Adamic nature. You didn't have a struggle. You were given over to everything. You, I mean, you were given over to Satan and you were a child of the devil. That's right. You were a child of darkness. You were enslaved to sin. You, 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 you were lost. But what? But once you received Christ, you received his nature. You received the nature of God. The salvation is the life of God living in the soul of man. Okay, that's that new nature. And that new nature comes in and then it does battle with that old Adamic flesh that wants to carry you back to what you used to do. That's right. And if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, you will have relapses. It doesn't take much for you to go back to where you once were. Am I getting through? Am I getting through? Beloved, if the Holy Spirit does not control our fleshly desires because we all have them, we're human. Our witness will not be impacting. We will experience spiritual relapse. If you're not under the control of the spirit, you will lose control of your behavior, your attitude, yourself. You will say and do things you deeply regret, which will later on result in a loss of reward. That's right. You can lose the reward uh, because of your life not being surrendered to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to sift, to purge and to do battle within you against that old Adamic nature. First Corinthians chapter nine, verses 27, 24 and 27. First Corinthians nine, 24, 27 says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize run in such a way that you may obtain it that I, but I discipline my body and bring it into submission. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Wow. And so I want to let you know today you will be battling with your old Adamic nature until the day of your death. And you say, well, I don't have a struggle within me. But that's a strong indication that you are not saved. Because when you have the nature of God, the life of God living within you, listen, it, 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 there will be an inward struggle and who win is predicated on who you're feeding. That's right. If you, that's right. If you're feeding, if you're, if you, if you, if you're feeding that old life, uh, uh, television and soap operas and reality shows and lottery tickets and all of those stuff that you may perhaps doing that I don't know about, but God knows and all that secret stuff, pornography and on and on it goes, then that's who wins and hold you uh, captive. But if you're listening to God, reading his word, meditating on God, listening to the spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit begins to break up that junk in your life and, and, and the Holy Spirit will gain control of your life to the point that you are operating in spiritual freedom and liberation and emancipation to the glory of almighty God. And all God's children said, amen. And father, so much more I could say, but uh, I'm just let to stop right here because it's a good stopping point. 
And Father, you've challenged all of us today. And, uh, and Father, we failed you many times. Uh, we failed to give you glory. <laughs> we, we, we've operated outside of your will. Oh, God. And then, Lord, we've allowed pride to take the forefront. And then, Lord God, many saints are losing the, the struggle between that old Adamic fleshly nature and the new nature that resides in us that came in at the day you came into us because we're feeding that old flesh that desires to be pulled away from spiritual things and we're not feeding our soul and our lives with the word of God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you break us Make us, mold us, use us. Oh God, restore what the locusts have eaten. And we realize, oh God, we won't gain victory in those areas without a fierce fight for our very soul. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. And all God's children said. As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on His Word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.